0: probably, maybe, but there just might be an out for the Ukrainians. Which leads us to our next story, which is again the talk of Poland intervening in western Ukraine. Now, we've heard stories of this before, the the UN peacekeeper story, the Russian, not Russian, Polish mobilization, they're trying to double their army to 300,000 troops the polish sending sending in a a force to sort of secure western ukraine we we've heard rumblings of this story multiple times throughout the course of the war but now it's sort of come back up again and even putin has made some comments on it which uh, in tandem with my understanding that the russians would really appreciate not having to occupy the westernmost portions of Ukraine. I think his comments paint us a very interesting picture, and when I when I lay all this out to you, you'll understand why I'm I'm still talking about Ukraine potentially having it out here, because it's it's not necessarily a, a military intervention where Poland comes in to start fighting Russian troops. Because uh, Putin says that if Ukraine chooses to give away parts of its country to Poland, then that is a matter between Ukraine and poland and that was that was one statement he made out of a a longer string of comments now he in particular sort of uh brought up the idea that hey if you take this land because he was he was talking about this from a sort of a cautionary position like hey if if ukraine wants to give away land to poland then they can give it away but don't be surprised when the Germans start asking for their eastern territories back as well. If you're going to get your eastern territories back, then why? Then don't be surprised when the Germans start asking for their stuff back. Silesia, Prussia. But the fact that Putin mentioned this and said it in the way that he did, where if Ukraine chooses to give away parts of its country to Poland, then that's a matter between Ukraine and Poland. And, if, and he was referring to the Ukrainians that would do this as traitors to their nation, but the fact that he said this essentially invites Poland to take Western parts of Ukraine so that Russia doesn't have to. Now, the caveat, of course, being that Ukraine has to give that territory away first. R- Poland can't just walk into, into Ukraine and go, hey, this is our, our territory now, Russia, you have to respect this. I don't think that, that's the deal. And the deal is that if Ukraine gives the territory away, then it's it's Poland's. And if the territory belongs to Poland, well, then you're not sending troops into Ukraine. You're just moving your troops into the, the easternmost parts of Poland. And that sort of plays into the idea that we've been talking about for a few weeks now, the idea that Ukraine might end up partitioned when this war is over. And it looks more likely by the day. Cause now this potential threat of a Polish intervention in Western Ukraine has with a with a diplomatic sleight of hand from Putin has been turned into a potential opportunity for Russia depending on the process. It all depends on the process. If Ukraine gives the land away in a formal manner to Poland, well, then that land is no longer Ukrainian. It belongs to Poland, which means that Russia doesn't have to take it to finish the war, and Russia didn't want Western Ukraine to begin with. So, and now that threat of NATO coming to blows with Russia in the event that it goes down this way also becomes mitigated because you avoid a war between Russia and Poland, which becomes a war between Russia and NATO. You, And you solve the issue of Western Ukraine, at least on the part of the Russians. And hey, there's even, a, there's even an out in that the West can say, look, we saved a piece of Ukraine. Now, whether or not the Polish decide to give up that piece of Ukraine and make it an independent state is a completely different matter. I'm not entirely certain that they will. But it's there now. It's This is open discourse between world leaders now. So the, the, the post-war game is starting to come into the picture. Now, granted, we know that the West doesn't have an endgame. The United States doesn't have an endgame. It's just give more weapons and money to Ukraine, but the Russians do. And and this hinting at a post-war partition of Ukraine between Russia and at least some of the Eastern European states. In this case, almost exclusively Poland, in that the Poland would get the Polish would get their cut first, ironically, but. Like Putin warned, this would also open up the question of the German-Polish border. As Poland, following World War II, was given historically German lands, what we used to call Prussia and Silesia, those territories were given to Poland, uh, except for Kaliningrad, Kaliningrad, which used to be Königsberg or East Prussia. That was split between the Soviet states of Russia and Lithuania. But before World War II, Poland had a lot of territory in the East, which is now, as of today, part of Belarus, Lithuania, and Ukraine. But when the Red Army came rolling through, well, honestly, after Poland got partitioned between Russia and Germany with Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact and the German invasion, well, the the joint German-Soviet invasion of Poland people, It's overlooked that the Soviets invaded from the back door when the war began and Poland was partitioned. The partition territories remained part of the Soviet Union. It's just that after World War II, when Germany was defeated, Poland was given former German territories, again, Silesia and Prussia, in exchange for them renouncing their claims on the territories that were now part of the Soviet Union. Again, modern day Belarus, Lithuania, and Ukraine. Because if you go back in time, you'll see that the city of Vilnius, which is in Lithuania now, the city of Vilnius used to be a part of Poland because Poland's border used to jut upwards, northwards into what is now Lithuania. So if Poland takes this territory from Ukraine, territory that they were, you know, the territory that was taken from them by the Soviets. And which they were compensated for by, you know, forcing Germany to give up lands to Poland. If Poland starts getting the, these territories in the east back, well, that opens up the, the door to questions about Germany getting its eastern territories back. Now, whether that's Silesia or Prussia or remains to be seen. But that question pops back up into the discourse. And that's not necessarily a question that I think the Polish want to answer again. Uh, you see, if you remember the, cases, the case for war uh, for between Nazi Germany and Poland was uh, over the Polish, uh, the false flag attack on a, a, a station, <laughs> a broadcast station in Eastern Germany. But Germany wanted Konigs, uh, not Konigsberg, they wanted Danzig back which used to be a part of Prussia. It was taken away from Germany after World War I so that the Polish could have access to the the Baltic Sea. So, the Poles are very aware of how the Germans can be about former German territory. So, the second you start opening up the issue of Eastern territories for Poland, that opens up the, the door for conversations about the Eastern territories of Germany. So, here, if we speculate for just a bit here, what if, in the long list of considerations that Russia uh, undoubtedly has to take into account with this war, ranging ranging from how NATO will respond to certain actions of the Russian military in Ukraine to how Ukraine will continue the war and by what means they'll use to fight it. Uh, Are they going to continue using their tactics? Are they going to switch to partisan war if they're defeated on the battlefield? You know, uh, to the wider, multipolar world and what they think of Russia and the war in Ukraine, because that's a major consideration for the Russians, to what Russia will do with Ukrainian territories that they take. There's a, a very long list of considerations that the Russians and the Russian military, quite frankly, have undoubtedly had to go through. And are probably still going through and out of that list russia has to be also considering the end game not just how they're going to end the war or what achieving their objectives looks like denazification, demilitarization of ukraine but what will their new borders be when the war is over are they going to take just the Donbass and the territories that they've already annexed, plus Crimea? Are they going to take everything to the east of the Dnieper River? Are they going to take Odessa? Are they just going to build a land bridge from where they are now to Odessa and get to Transnistria and leave the rest of Ukraine intact? Are they going to take everything east and Odessa? Are they going to take everything? Are they going to take everything except for the western parts? Are they going to take Kiev? are they going to split it up with between them and Belarus? Like how are they going to do this? How what's their border going to look like? That that's one of the things they have to think about as well as how will western, central and eastern Europe respond to an enlarged Russian Federation? Because Russia's going to get a lot bigger once they're once they're done with Ukraine and a lot of the countries In particularly in Eastern Europe, my goodness, especially the Poles and Lithuanians, they have been all in on this war against Russia. So when Russia wins and they annex vast swaths of Ukrainian territory and get vastly larger themselves in terms of their geographic area, that's going to be off-putting to a lot of these same countries who were just all in on a war which is, was meant to be the destroyer of the Russian state. That's what this wall was meant to do. That's what arming Ukraine was meant to do. And they failed. They've already failed, but the degree of their failure won't really be seen until we see what the border looks like. And that border is going to be Russia enlarged greatly, almost all the way up to the Russia's border is going to be pushed all the way almost out to where Belarus's border is with Poland. And that's going to be extremely off-putting to, uh, well, the Poles and the Lithuanians who were all in on this war. That's going to be extremely off-putting to every single country in Eastern Europe who went along with this plan to destroy Russia, essentially. So how they will respond... And how Western Europe will respond, how will the United States respond to that? Also has to be taken into consideration. Are we gonna are we gonna declare Cold War 2.0 and try to instill an iron curtain starting at the new Russian border? Are we gonna concede defeat? Which is unlikely. Are we gonna go trying to build some new containment policy of Russia? If if so, how exactly is that gonna go down? Are we gonna go meddling in Europe? Or are we gonna go meddling in the Middle East? Are we going to provoke another war? Are we going to get Georgia to attack Russia, uh, thinking that Russia is going to be in their moment of weakness? Are we going to attempt another coup in Kazakhstan? Are we going to attempt to assassinate Putin or Lukashenko? How will this play out? Russia has to be thinking about all these things. So what their borders will look like and how other countries will respond are undoubtedly things that they have to take into consideration. Because if you're going to change the status quo, this this dramatically, as Russia is inevitably going to do, and quite frankly already has, then you're going to need to make sure that at least some other countries have a stake in the new status quo after the war is over. So that out of their own interests, they will uphold and maintain it. Uh, Uphold and maintain the redrawn borders of Europe that are beneficial to Russia. And And an easy way to do that if you're at war and you're taking land by conquest, is by giving away land to the smaller European states in the east who will end up bordering Russia once this war is over it should Russia take all of Ukraine's land. If Russia took all of Ukraine, they'd suddenly have a border with Hungary, Slovakia, Poland, and once they take over you know, the Odessa area, they'd have a border as well with Romania and Moldova. Now, Moldova is not going to get Transnistria back, but perhaps they can get the southern territories, uh, the territories directly to their south, not in, not Odessa, but, you know, directly to their south as compensation. And now Moldova is no longer a landlocked country. And hell, the Russians might even throw in uh, some, investment, some investment projects into port facilities for the new Moldovan coastline. Now, that's an easy bribe. Transnistria, this thin strip of land that the Moldovans don't really have jurisdiction over anyway, in exchange for a coastline and, quite frankly, more land. That's one hell of a bribe. They can they could do that. I think that they might. That'll give Moldova a stake in the new post-war order, and Moldova then becomes a buffer state between Russia and Romania. Oh, bam! That's one state down. If you get Hungary and Slovakia in suddenly Hungary, if they have a border with Russia, they can they can join in on the multipolar world instead of you know playing footsies and saying, Oh, we we're gonna be we're gonna be we're gonna have this position on Russia where we don't hate Russia, we want to do business with Russia, but every time something comes up with the EU where they want to do something negative to Russia, we, we're gonna go along with that. If Hungary has a border with Russia instead of being landlocked by purely NATO and NATO aligned countries, then they can have their own pipeline with Russia, they can start to make their own deals with Russia, like we know that they want to. And perhaps that might even include a Russian security guarantee. Who knows? And if that is the case, even if Hungary doesn't necessarily get land in the treaty, a Russian security guarantee, oh my goodness. Well, now you have security guarantees from NATO and Russia. If either one attacks you, you're safe. <laughs> well, in theory, of course. But Hungary might just be content with having being able to have direct access to Russian energy and Russian trade, which is, again, something that they want to have. Because Russia gives them access to the wider world in a way that they would prefer to having to go through the the endless lectures that they get with the rest of Europe and from the United States. Slovakia, I'm sure you could offer them a little bit of land. Poland, if you gave them a little bit of land as well, that gives them an out. And therein lies the out for Ukraine that I mentioned. Because if Russia marches all the way to Lviv, then they would be the ones who have to go redistributing land. Now, perhaps you can choose to give that away, but if you're the one who ha- who has the land to redistribute it, then you're going to be the one who has to bear all the resentment of whoever doesn't get what they wanted. Because, you know, they're going to be looking at you, hoping that you're going to give them what they want. And if you don't give them what they want, you know, I'm talking about the East European states. Romania is going to want to cut. You know, Hungary is going to want to cut Slovakia. Poland, they're going to want a cut. Ukraine's going to want something, but they're not going to get it. Everyone's going to want their cut. And if you don't give it to them, well, they're they're going to hate you. But, but, if Poland is, through the consent of the Ukrainian government, given territory, Ukrainian territory goes to Poland before the war is over, then that means, because it's not like Ukraine's going to give Poland control of Odessa, you know, they're going to give Poland the territories closer to Lviv, which is, again, in the far western reaches of Ukraine. If Ukraine gives Poland territories before the Russians can get to those territories and Putin has already said that if Ukraine chooses to do this, that's the business of Ukraine and Poland, and that Russia will not intervene in that, then that means Poland's going to be the one taking up the territory. And if you look at a map, you see that uh, if Poland were to be given those territories, it would effectively cut off the rest of Eastern Europe from even having a border with Russia, depending on how you know how far into ukraine the the poles get this territory how much of you how much of western ukraine that ukraine choose to give them if they choose to give it to them at all you know that's the big if here but since we're talking about it and since it's come up as a possibility and even putin has bothered to make statements on it it's something to talk about cuz if the the greater lviv area is given to poland by ukraine and russia chooses to just leave it alone which putin says he would do and then ukraine loses the war now the only countries that would even theoretically be allowed to have a partition of the russian territories the you know the territories of ukraine that russia would take by the end of the war the only countries that would even theoretically get a say in that would be moldova and romania and Belarus, Moldova, Romania, Belarus, because Belarus is a long northern border with Ukraine. Will will either of them get anything? Uh, well, Belarus might. I mean, they're going to become one with Russia anyway, so it almost doesn't matter. But they might get some territory in the northern parts of Ukraine. Moldova, I see getting more than Romania, because then that creates a buffer state who was already m- more friendly towards Russia not the government right now, but the the people in Romania are much more n- n- friendly. I, I I say much more friendly, but at a at a bare minimum, they do not share the r- straight up racism <laughs> towards Russians that you'll find anywhere else in Europe. Well, with the exception of maybe the Spanish and the Portuguese, you know? they they're in a world of their own. You know. Sometimes you forget they're NATO, and I honestly believe that they would like to keep it that way. But Moldova doesn't have Russophobia. They they really don't have that issue. Their government might, but the people don't. So if you bribe them with land, then even the government would have to go, oh, well, you know what, maybe those Russians aren't that bad. And then Moldova becomes your new buffer state between you and Romania, a NATO country. And you have Transnistria because you've annexed all this land. And then that's it. Romania doesn't get a say because, well, who cares? (laughs) cares? There was only so much land that the Russians would be able to give if the western reaches of Ukraine are already given away to Poland. Now, all the East European states, you know, Hungary, Slovakia, Romania, they're going to be looking at Poland. Instead of Russia, because the territory that they could have had, if you again, if you look at a map of the geography of where Ukraine's border touches these countries, if Poland owns that territory instead of Russia, well, then Poland would be the one responsible for giving away that territory. And if they just choose not to have it, and then everyone else is going to view the Polish as being land hungry and greedy. Now you create animosity within NATO, uh, between NATO states. All while keeping them off your tail. Of course, they're they're gonna be uh um they're not gonna be happy that Russia took all this land. They're not gonna be happy that they took a, a big fat L in Ukraine. But the more pressing matter for the regular on the on the ground person is gonna be okay. You lost the war, but Poland gets to have all this territory and we get nothing. In ext- Poland, they get Lviv and we get nothing. That's not fair. So. Almost immediately, the animosity shifts away from Russia and onto Poland if this goes through. And again, with Russia having to consider a lot of its possibilities and having to consider the end game and how that will shape itself out, this has likely been a consideration as well. At least Putin himself has considered this because Putin has brought up the history of the region. If you go annexing territories in the East, well, don't be surprised when the Germans come knocking. And if you annex territories in the East that other East European states could have had, don't be surprised when they get upset at you for robbing them of potential opportunities. Because I don't think the Poles are going to want to give the territory up. I'm going to be straight frank with you. I'm going to be straight up with you. I don't think they will want to give it up. I don't think they're going to want an, a semi-autonomous Ukrainian state. I don't think they're going to want to give up the land and share it with Hungary and Slovakia or Romania, I don't mm. think that they're going to be very interested in doing any of that. I think they're going to want to keep it to themselves. And that's going to create a lot of animosity between them and the other East European states, again, Slovakia, Hungary, Romania. While at the same time, they're, the very act of annexing the, ter- the territories of Western Ukraine, former Eastern territories of Poland you will open up the question of Germany's Eastern territories, which were taken away from Germany and given to Poland as compensation for Poland losing precisely the territories that they are now taking back. Now everyone hates Poland instead of Russia. And now, with a simple offer of security guarantees, you can peel away the Polish from the NATO slash American sphere of influence. Because now they have a stake in the new order. They become a buffer state, a, a, a major buffer state between you and the rest of NATO, even though they are in NATO. They become a major buffer state for you. Moldova is a buffer state for you. And just like that, Russia's new border is covered. And if Poland is on side with Russia, instead of hostile to Russia, then that means Russia will have easier access getting to Kaliningrad, because they have to move through Lithuania and Poland to get there. So if Poland is in a much more favorable, favorable position towards Russia, then at a bare minimum, that means that Russia can move through Poland to get to Kaliningrad, and considering that Lithuania tends to follow Poland these days, they they've they sort of formed a a pact between each other, an unofficial pact between one another. Well, then that would also alleviate the problem of Lithuania being overtly hostile to Russia as well, because they follow Poland. So, will all this come to pass in the way that I have described? Maybe, maybe not. I've I've gotten out of the business of predicting what the Russian military is going to do but it might, and that's the way I see it going down in the event that Ukraine does give away territory to Poland. It will create a whole maelstrom of animosity that redirects all that negative emotions that people will have had aimed at Russia and at their own governments for getting them involved in Ukraine and for Russia invading Ukraine to begin with, all that animosity will suddenly be directed at Poland which Russia can use to peel Poland away from the sphere of influence of the United States and of NATO. Which means that they will have successfully achieved three buffer states. Turkey, Ru- not Romania, they, they, will have, <laughs> they will have Turkey, Moldova, and Poland. All while the Russians get to sit back and consolidate their gains, consolidate Ukraine Finish the merger and acquisition that is the union state between them and Belarus and form the Greater Russian Federation and continue forming the Eurasian trade uh, block, the Eurasian Union. Continue building the multipolar world and through the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, through the Belt and Road. Think, Oh, my goodness. Think about the Belt and Road in rebuilding Ukraine. Think about the belt and road and building those new port facilities that the moldovans might have if depending on whether or not they go along with getting a piece of ukraine's land and be, in exchange for being a buffer state between them and uh, between russia and nato the belt and road wins russia wins and depending on how things go poland might also become the third buffer state between russia and nato and then that's na- russia's new frontier their new enlarged frontier through the annexation of Belarus and Ukraine, is covered through these buffer states. Could that just be me uh, hyper-speculating onto this? Of course it could. But, you know, speculation is the fun part of geopolitics. But I don't think it's an unrealistic speculation. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But (laughs) at the very least, I'm happy you listened to me speculate. But it's a very interesting thing to think about especially as more and more talk of a polish move into western ukraine uh comes to the forefront but ultimately it's going to be another one of those wait and see type things but depending on how the war progresses in ukraine and it's not necessarily progressing to ukraine's advantage we might not have to wait long to see what exactly happens there we might not have to wait long at all really. This segment was taken from my podcast, This Week in Geopolitics. I have new episodes every Monday, so if you like what you heard, consider giving me a follow. Thanks for listening, and hopefully I'll see you next time. Servus.